Well, in the way of announcements, uh, I think most of you know that uh, the get-together at the uh, Petersons uh, for the 4th was postponed to August 7th, and so uh, we'll be sharing then. Um, we uh, I think that's uh, all that I have. Okay. And uh, the uh, on August 11th, uh, following the service, we have the Clarks here next week. Uh, July 11th, excuse me. We have the Clarks here next week. And after the service, we are going to continue to have our fellowship meal. And it happens to be the Clarks' 60th wedding anniversary on the 9th. And so we'll have a a cake here for them on uh, Sunday. And uh, we'll probably, it depends on how fast they have to get on the road, we may start our fellowship meal with dessert and and then get on to our barbecue. But uh, we wanted to just uh, be able to... Uh, bless them and, and thank them for coming under the circumstances, especially with the possibility of a uh, low attendance uh, because of all that's been going on with the COVID stuff. So uh, just uh, uh, keep that in mind and, and pray for the Clarks while they're traveling this next week and, and that they get here safely. And uh, we're looking forward to, to seeing them. Um, see you. I think that covers my announcements. Way of prayer, um, we need to be uh, uh, praying for our families who have been exposed to COVID-19, and uh, a few of them, and uh, that their uh, that their COVID uh, cases, if any of them actually develop into uh, the 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 case uh, to actually into the COVID uh, virus, that uh, that it'll be quick and over quick and done, and uh, just a real quick recovery, and things can be back to normal for them. Also, we want to remember to pray for all of those who are servicing the wildfires uh, in California, and uh, there's uh, no shortage of fire going on again. And uh, that just means all the more that we should pray for caution with uh, fireworks and uh, pray that everybody has a safe, what is it, that safe and sane 4th of July. So uh, keep that in your prayers. And then uh, certainly what's been going on in Florida at Surfside uh, with the collapsed condos. And uh, apparently at this point now they're, they're moving back some of their uh, looking for people and, and moving the rubble to uh, collapse uh, and bring down the other building, uh, it's, it's going to have to come down. And they're very concerned that with uh, the uh, uh, tropical storm Elsa coming with the heavy winds that it might knock it down and then they wouldn't have any control over it. So the goal is to get it knocked down before Elsa hits. And so be praying for those people. Huh? Yeah, because that's that's... That's faster than they normally do something like that as far as preparing for it. So uh, just pray for all the people and safety in that. So uh, let's go ahead and, and, and pray together. Father, we come and, and uh, 
we think of all these rescue workers and uh, all that they have gone through and are going through, and now uh, Tropical Storm Elsa coming and, and uh, how it uh, just continues to, to be difficult for them to get things done. And with this building literally hanging over them in some ways, uh, pieces falling down into where they've been working. And uh, we just ask, Lord, that you would protect all of these people that have come literally from all over the world uh, to protect them and keep them safe as they continue this recovery work. And, and in the respite right now that they would get the rest they need uh, and be with those now that are taking down this other part of the building that, uh, that they would be able to do it. Uh, and do it in such a way that it, uh, the safest way possible and, and, and no repercussions or, or, or hang-ups or, or injuries of any kind, Lord. We just pray you're covering over them and what they're doing. And uh, again, uh, we thank you for all these people who have uh, put their lives at risk uh, to be doing this work. And Father, uh, we pray for the Clarks. We thank you for uh, having them come to visit with us next Sunday. And we ask that you would be with them, keep them safe, and uh, just bless them. And uh, again, uh, we thank you for the opportunity to pray and to come together. You tell us that we can approach your throne for your mercy and your grace with a confidence. And we do so this morning. And uh, just ask, Lord, that you would break the cycle uh, of this COVID-19 locally as well as nationally and, and even globally, Lord. And we confidently leave these things in your hands. In Jesus' name, amen. This morning, sharing a message with you from Isaiah chapter 41. I know that we did a general survey of Isaiah 41 uh, a few weeks ago, but there was a, a passage in there that I felt uh, was appropriate for what's been going on around us, a, a sense of encouragement uh, from the Lord. And so chapter 41 uh the focus point is going to be on verses 8, 9, and 10. We'll be going 1 through 10, but uh, I just want to read right now verses 8, 9, and 10. But you, Israel, my servant, Jacob, whom I have chosen, the offspring of Abraham, my friend, you whom I look for the ends of the earth and called, uh, look, took from the ends of the earth and called from its furthest corners, saying to you, you are my servant. I have chosen you and not cast you off. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, or for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. In this passage going back to verse 1, there's several glimpses of God. And uh, uh, John Piper does a whole study on this, uh, and I think multiple messages actually, but, but just uh, briefly, just uh, looking at a, a few of these passages, catching a glimpse of God. Uh, we, and 
we see him in verse 1, for instance, as the, the, the one who will be judging all things. Uh, verse 1, listen to me in silence, O coastlands. And when it says, O coastlands, it's referring to all of the Mediterranean area and, and, uh, and up into the, even the desert area uh, of, of Israel and all. But it's, so it's speaking to all of that area. Listen to me, O coastlands. Let the peoples renew their strength. Let them approach, then let them speak. Let us together draw near for judgment. I looked at that and, and uh, you know, the idea first off was listen. And when that's put out here, it means this is something important. I want you to pay attention to it. Listen. Renew your strength. Uh, approach and speak. Your judgment is at hand is what's implied. And I was trying to put this together and I realized what it is is like we're entering a courtroom. God is the judge and He's saying, speak. Okay, make your defense. And, uh, you know, judgment is at hand. And so they catch a glimpse of God here as the one who judges. Uh, in verses 2 through 4, uh, we see uh, again another glimpse. Who stirred up one from the east, whom victory meets at every step? He gives up nations before him, so that he tramples kings underfoot. He makes them like dust with his sword, like driven stubble with his bow. He pursues them and passes on safely by paths his feet have not trod. Who has performed and done this, calling the generations from the beginning? I, the Lord, the first and with the last. I am He. What it's saying here is God has called someone. It says, who did this? Who called this person up from the east? Who called this? And it's God who has done this. And, and this person that's coming from the east, this people that are coming from the east, it says they're having victory over everything that they come against. Look again, it says, uh, whose victory meets at every step. So this advancing army, uh, you know, uh, is, is having victory. Uh, it tramples kings underfoot, makes them like dust, makes them like stubble. Uh, he uh, pursues them and passes on safely. In other words, he meets very little resistance. Uh, and by paths his feet have not trod, which means places he hadn't been before, he's now advancing in. Who has performed this? Who has allowed this to happen? The Lord, the first and with the last. I am He. It's a pretty powerful statement here. I am He. It should be familiar to you because it actually is just I am and the He is, is a pronoun for us to make sure we understand the context. And the, the ending of that phrase, I am. Exodus chapter 3. When Moses asks who he's speaking to at the burning bush. 
I am that I am. And also, as a side, in John chapter 8, we have this come up uh, in a very interesting situation. In John chapter 8, starting with verse 48. The Jews answered Jesus, Are we not right in saying that you are a Samaritan and have a demon? Now, Jesus has been healing and, 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 and teaching and delivering people from even the demonic. And, and Jesus answered, I do not have a demon, but I honor my Father, and you dishonor me. Yet I do not seek my own glory. There is one who seeks it, and he is the judge. Truly, truly, I say to you, if anyone keeps my word, he will never see death. The Jews said to him, Now we know that you have a demon. Abraham died, as did the prophets. Yet you say, If anyone keeps my word, he will never taste death? Are you greater than our father Abraham, who died? And the prophets died? Who do you make yourself out to be? And Jesus answered, if I glorify myself, my glory is nothing. It is my Father who glorifies me, of whom you say He is our God. But you have not known Him. I know Him. If I were to say that I do not know Him, I would be a liar like you. But I do know Him. I keep His Word. Your father Abraham rejoiced that he would see my day. He saw it and was glad. So the Jews said to him, You're not yet fifty years old and have seen Abraham? And Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, before Abraham was, I am. Same idea as what we read in Isaiah. I am. So the, their response to this was, you will see that they clearly understood what Jesus was saying. They picked up stones to throw at him, but Jesus hid himself and went out of the temple. Why did they pick up stones? Because he was, as far as they were concerned, committing blasphemy. He was calling himself God. Jesus, the great I am. And so uh, we have this, this ongoing picture through the Scriptures from uh, starting in Genesis and working its way through the Scriptures where God is identified as I am. Sometimes the great I am, or, but it's I am. And so again, here in Isaiah, we have that same passage. Um, who is the one that, that has stirred all of this up from the east? The I am has done it, the great I am. But who is it that he has stirred up? And some of you uh, are familiar with the scriptures and, and, and know uh, where I'm going with this, but... Uh, if you want to turn to uh, chapter 44, uh, verse 28. Rather unique passage. Who says of Cyrus, He is my shepherd, and he shall fulfill all my purpose. Saying of Jerusalem, She shall be built, and the temple, your foundation, shall be laid. Cyrus is who's being spoken of 
is this one who's been raised up in the east. And here, it makes him out to be like a friend of Israel. And I'm not going to go into all the details about it and, and stuff, but what happens is Cyrus gets shown this passage uh, after a period of, of, of uh, having the, the Jews in, in, uh, away from Jerusalem, away from uh, dispersed in, in, in the Babylonian Empire. He allows them to gather up and return to Jerusalem to rebuild it. He even finances because, and, and part of it is because he's shown these words that were written uh, 150 or so years before uh, he was there. Verse four, in, in chapter 45, verse 1 goes on. It says, Thus says the Lord to his anointed to Cyrus. He's calling him his anointed. In other words, God chose Cyrus, whose right hand I have grasped to subdue nations before him and to lose uh, the belts of king, to loose the belts of kings, to open doors before him. Thus gates may not be closed. I will go before you and level the exalted places. I will break in pieces the doors of bronze. He is using Cyrus, who's not a believer. He's a Gentile. And, and what the, I want you to see here is catching a glimpse of the reality that God is sovereign over all things. There is absolutely nothing that he doesn't have control over. And I think sometimes we forget as we see difficult times, sometimes tragedies, we can't see God's purpose. We can't see why he allows certain things. Maybe you've had experiences in your own life where you can't figure out why God allowed it to happen. I just want to let you know that there will be a point in time where we will see, uh, not as a mere dimly, but as in, in a clear and complete sort of way, and we'll see how God's plan unfolds, and we'll see, it'll be like we'll get in and, and see it, and we'll say, oh, now I get it. We're not privileged to see it all now. This is why we act on faith. We stay faithful to the Lord. And, and this, is, this is the context of our faith. It's, it's to, to stay in relationship with the Lord even in the tough times that we don't understand. With, the, with a belief that God is sovereign. Nothing happens without His knowledge and allowance and covering. Even when Satan works, he has to get permission. We know that from Job. In verses 5, 6, and 7, let's read those together. I am the Lord, and there is no other. Besides me, there is no God. I equip you, though you do not know me. Oops, excuse me. I was reading out of Isaiah 45. The coastlands have seen and are afraid, and, it, uh, and ends of the earth tremble. They have drawn near and come. Everyone helps his neighbor and says to his brother, Be strong! The craftsman uh, strengthens the goldsmith. And he smooths, uh, smooths with the hammer him who strikes the anvil, saying of the soldering, it is good. And they strengthen it with nails so that it cannot be moved. Difficult verses to just 
understand, but in, 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 unless you, you put it together with what has been going on. The coastline, the, the coastland, the people of, of the Mediterranean, they're looking and they're knowing, guess who's coming? Cyrus. And they see his coming. And they are afraid. And they are trembling. As they should be. And so what do they do to prepare? You've got to understand, this is the world's reaction. This is not the Jews at this point. What do they do to prepare? Everyone helps his neighbor. Sounds like a reasonable thing to do. And says to his brother, be strong. And then what do we get the picture here? The craftsman strengthens the goldsmith. These are the people who make idols. And he who smooths with the hammer, uh, him who strikes the anvil, saying of the soldering, it's good. And they strengthen it with nails so that it cannot be moved. What it's saying is, is that we're, we're going to raise up new idols if we have to, so that we'll be ready to, to, to handle this. We'll, we'll, we'll find new gods if that's necessary. We'll make new idols. We'll get the craftsmen and the goldsmith busy and, and they'll nail it to the ground so it can't be moved. Uh, and, and so their idea is, is that we're going to continue with our, our pagan worship, our idolatry, and we're going to make new idols and, and we're going to, that's going to help us to, to come against Cyrus. It doesn't work. But in the midst of all of this, Israel is all right in this area. The Jews are in this same area. God says, but you, Israel, and this is in contrast, but you, Israel, my servant, Jacob, second way of saying Israel, whom I have chosen, the offspring of Abraham, my friend, you who I took from the ends of the earth and called from its furthest corner, saying to you, you are my servant, I have chosen you and not cast you out. God is saying, you who I have chosen, The, 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 the seed of Abraham being talked about in a general context here. Abraham, by the way, my friend. You can't, I don't think there's a higher honor that God can pay to someone than to say, Abraham, my friend. Jesus calls us all friends in His grace as we enter into His relationship with Him. He says it's, He's called from the furthest corners. You are my servant. I have chosen you. I've not cast you off. I haven't rejected you. Now, they may have been thinking some of them, you know, there's been some pretty heavy discipline coming their way uh, prior to all of this. And, and there's more coming. And yet, in the middle of this, he says, I've chosen you. You are mine. And I haven't rejected you. Does that mean he's not going to chastise them? No. Does that mean that, that, that he's not going to discipline them? No. But he's letting them know that he's, they're still his. 
You're still my chosen people. I've called you. So in the midst of all of this, I don't want you to be afraid. And so he says, fear not. And in, in the uh, uh, English Standard Version, it says here, be not dismayed. Uh, be not anxious. Uh, anxious in the sense of, of, of thinking you know, the worst coming your way. Don't be dismayed. Don't be anxious. Don't be afraid. And he lets them know very clearly, I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Fear not. Be not afraid. And someone might turn around and say, wait a minute, isn't there supposed to be some kind of fear? The fear of the Lord? It's not the same kind of fear we're talking about here. It's not an anxious, frightened, trembling fear here. Where it says to fear not of the Lord, like in Proverbs 9, uh, verse 10, uh, the fear of the Lord is, the, is the, the beginning of wisdom. That kind of fear is a sense of awe, a sense of, of reverence, a sense of respect. This fear that's being spoken of here is one of trembling and, and fear for your, your, your life and, and, and fear of your enemy. And God is saying, fear not. I am with you. Do not be anxious or do not be dismayed. I am your God. I'm going to strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you. I thought of, looked at this idea of I will strengthen you. And it's, it's, it's like I'll be inside you, building you up. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you. Literally lift you up with my righteous right hand. By the, I, by the way, that is implied with my holy hands. Righteous right hand, I'll lift you up. The Lord tells those who He has called, who He has chosen, fear not. I am your God. I am with you. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will hold you up in righteousness. No matter what you see, no matter what you hear, no matter what you think you know about what's going on in the world, I am with you. Fear not. Now, I was reading one article that said, well, this isn't for us. Because it's made a promise to Israel. It's made a promise to to the, the Hebrew people. I want to uh, share with you my answer to that. Uh, Galatians chapter 3. Verse 28. 
There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is neither no there is no male and female, for you are all one in Christ. And if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's offspring. Heirs according to promise. The promises made clear back to Abraham and through the to the nation of Israel are promises that we can rest in those that are yet to come and and, and those that reveal the character of God. Hold for us as well. And that's what is revealed to you here. The God of, of who chooses us, who calls us, says this is who I am. This is what I do. I'm your God. I'm with you. I'll strengthen you. I'll help you. I will hold you up in righteousness. In, a time, in times of trouble, I'll be there with you. Not just I will send you help. I will be with you. I thought about this and, and, and I recall reading in Ephesians. And so let me share with you in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as He chose us in Him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before Him. In love He predestined us for adoption as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purposes of His will, to the praise of His glorious grace with which He has blessed us in, his, in the Beloved. In Him we have redemption through His blood. The forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of His grace, which He lavished upon us. This God who has chose us, who's called us, who says He's predestined us to be conformed. All of this picture is that same character of, of the God that we just read about in Isaiah. He says, uh, Again, in all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of His will according to His purpose, which He set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in Him, things in heaven and things on earth. In Him we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to His purpose of Him who works all things according to the counsel of His will. So that who... <clears throat> who were the first to hope in Christ might be to be uh, to the praise of His glory. In Him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in Him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit. That's the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. God in us, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of His glory. And I wrote to myself, how can this be? It's so amazing. It's, it's so beyond our comprehension. The God of all creation, uh, the God of the universe, has lavished upon us His grace, His mercy, His love. 
through Jesus Christ. He's counted us as children of Abraham. We can go back to the Old Testament and find instruction that's, not, that's good for upbringing and, and, and encouragement and growth in the Lord. And in the New Testament, the, the books that have been preserved for us to come and to see how that happens with us as Christ has become our Savior. And as instead of waiting for Him, we have Him. And we have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. And so I, get, I said again to myself, yeah, this is so amazing, how can it be? And I realized I already read it to you. Verse 7, In Him, in chapter 1 of Ephesians, In Him we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of His grace, which He lavished upon us. What a beautiful message for us today. I want to encourage you. Fear not. God is our God. He is with us. He strengthens us. He helps us. He lifts us up. He has lavished on us His grace and His mercy as we come to Him claiming the blood of Christ. And I add Romans to that, confessing with our mouth and believing in our heart that Jesus is the Christ God raised from the dead. What a powerful, beautiful picture we have this morning. I hope it's an encouragement to you as we look around and see so many discouraging things. Uh, the news is full of discouraging and, and hard things to, to understand and to fathom. But in the midst of this, hang on. Our God is the sovereign God of all creation. And He is with us. And we have those promises to hang on to. Let's uh, share communion together. And uh, we're using the packet still. And so uh, if you need to get one uh, out of the uh, foyer, feel free to go and get one. And uh, we're going to sing for communion, Jesus, thank you. I cannot comprehend the agonies of Calvary. You, the perfect Holy One, crushed Your Son, who drank the bitter cup reserved for Me. Your blood has washed away my sin, Jesus, thank You. The Father's wrath completely satisfied. Jesus, thank You. Once Your enemy, now seated at Your table, Jesus, thank You. Verse 2. 
By your perfect sacrifice I've been brought near. Your enemy you've made your friend. Pouring out the riches of your glorious grace. Your mercy and your kindness knows no end. Your blood has washed away my sin. Jesus, thank you. The Father's wrath completely satisfied. Jesus, thank you. Once your enemy, now seated at your table, Jesus, thank you. Lover of my soul, I want to live for you. Lover of my soul, I want to live for you again. Lover of my soul, I want to live for you. One more. Lover of my soul, I want to live for you. The chorus. Your blood has washed away my sin. Jesus, thank you. The Father's wrath completely satisfied. Jesus, thank you. Once your enemy, now seated at your table, Jesus, thank you. Chapter 22, the Gospel of Luke. Luke writes, And when the hour came, Jesus reclined at the table and the apostles with Him. And He said to them, I have earnestly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat it until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. And He took a cup, and when He had given thanks, He said, Take this and divide it among yourselves. For I tell you, that from now on I will not drink the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And he took the bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it, and he gave it to them, saying, This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let us share. And likewise, the cup after they had eaten, saying, This cup that is poured out for you is the new covenant in my blood. But behold, well, it goes on, the idea is that he will not drink this again until he, we are with him. And I believe that is the marriage feast. And so, as we look forward to that, let us share the cup together. Father, we come rejoicing that we rest in a God who has promised to be with us, to literally be in us, 
to meet us at every turn, to strengthen us when we have the needs, to comfort us. It is so awesome to know. And no matter what the tribulation that comes in the world, we can rest with the confidence that You will give us the strength and the grace and the mercy that's necessary to handle whatever it will be. Thank You for loving us, for saving us. We worship You and praise You. And look forward to that day when we join You for eternity. In Jesus' name, Amen. Would you stand as we close? We've got one more song to sing. I'll fly away. Some glad morning when this life is o'er, I'll fly away to a home on God's celestial shore. I'll fly away. I'll fly away, oh glory. I'll fly away in the morning when I die. Hallelujah, by and by, I'll fly away. When the shadows of this life have gone, I'll fly away. Like a bird from prison bars has flown, I'll fly away. I'll fly away, oh glory, I'll fly away. When I die, hallelujah, by and by, I'll fly away. Just a few more weary days and then I'll fly away. To a land where joys will never end, I'll fly away. I'll fly away, oh glory, I'll fly away in the morning when I die, hallelujah, by and by, I'll fly away. Chorus, one more time. I'll fly away, oh glory, I'll fly away. When I die, hallelujah, by and by, I'll fly away. Amen. Lord bless. Thank you for being here this morning. And uh, we have some refreshments in the back if you have some time to fellowship for a few minutes. And uh, again, uh, uh, the Clarks will be here next week to share from their, their work in Japan. Looking forward to that. Keep them in prayer as they travel this week. Lord bless. Thank you, Erica.